Hello, 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 and thank you so much for pressing play on the latest edition of the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast, your weekly dip into the world's game being played right here in the Great Lakes state of Michigan. How's it going? My name's Robert Kerr, host of the program. Uh, once again, um, I can't help but smile. Uh, <laughs> an incredible time of the year. Every level of the game from youth to professional are uh, underway at the moment. And uh, even the uh, amateur elite summer leagues, uh, all the college guys are coming home. And uh, Oakland County FC's uh, training kicked on this week. And uh, there's even some Midwest Premier League games uh, teeing off at the weekend. So probably one of my favorite times of the year here. Uh, like I said, youth, club, high school, um, it's all underway. And professionals, uh, both the third and uh, the second level professional tiers. And uh, uh, be sure to check out the Michigan Soccer Central podcast uh, feed because we've had some some really good interviews uh, lately and, and always. And I want to give a shout out to some former guests doing some big things in the world of professional soccer. Youngster Chloe Ricketts. Uh, getting some NWSL minutes and almost scored a goal in her debut. Multiple games. She's had appearances now. So very cool for her. And she, of course, was on the show. Another guest from this winter while he was home after signing for uh, Sacramento Republic in the USL Championship uh, guest and uh, Bloomfield native Russell Cicerone. Um has had an amazing start to his Sacramento Republic career, having scored four goals, uh, helped with two assists in just eight appearances uh, so far for his new club. So congratulations and be sure, listener, to go back and check out our interview with him. Seemed like a great guy and gave some great insights in the, the attacking game that uh, young players could learn. Um, he, he gave some, some cool details there. Kind of bouncing around a little bit. Uh, Got to make note, Detroit City FC uh, having probably one of their worst patches of form. They haven't won in the league since March 18th. And just the one league win this year so far after um, uh, taking another loss at the weekend to Tampa, um, which, yeah, another uh, game without scoring a goal. They've only scored a goal in the league once this season. Tough times there in Hamtramck, and they'll look to turn it around against a tough opponent as they host Tulsa Saturday at 7.30. A team that uh, also was in action on Saturday and there was no goals were the Michigan Stars, they hosted uh, Chattanooga FC in a nil-nil uh, matchup. And on the heels of that, and uh, to talk a little bit about their 2022 championship, uh, the league NISA itself, and uh, what's ahead, I've got on this week the owner of the Michigan Stars, who play in NISA, have a uh, reserve side in the Midwest Premier League, and um, have a home base there in Washington Township and have been playing games at Romeo High School. I've got the owner of Michigan Stars, Mr. George Yunkai, on the program, and that's an interesting conversation, and keep tuned in for that uh, here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Welcome back here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Uh, next up, we are going to talk to the owner of one of uh, the three professional sides in Detroit or the Metro Detroit area. And the NISA season is involved because we've got the owner of the Michigan Stars along with us, uh, Mr. George Yunkai. The Stars have begun their season uh, undefeated, one win and two draws, and their only defeat coming in the Open Cup against the USL Championships in the 11. Uh, here to talk about the season that's just begun and some future plans and a few other tidbits. Uh, thank you, uh, George, for joining us here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Well, uh, thanks for inviting us and uh, good afternoon to you and to your uh, fans. 
So uh, I don't know if I said at the top, you've been the owner of the Michigan Stars since 2019. And in 2022, the Michigan Stars went all the way and won the NISA uh, championship. Congratulations on that, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Well, it's, um, yes, it's, it's true, actually, because when we won that uh, championship, I looked. And I think it's only was Michigan Stars and uh, LAFC who got after three years and and a pro soccer and win a championship. So that was an, a an a good feeling to be able to achieve that after three years to having a to having a championship and 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 your uh, you know and your uh, club. This past weekend, uh, you battled out to a nil-nil draw against fellow Anissa stalwart Chattanooga FC. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, that result, nil-nil uh, at uh, uh, home here in uh, Metro Detroit on the weekend. And then, uh, like I said, one win and two draws. And uh, games uh, coming up in a couple weeks. Uh your next game is away at Maryland on the 20th, and then uh, you return home uh, a few weeks after that. Um, tell us about that that matchup against Chattanooga and then the season up till this point. Well, uh, to begin with, I think uh, Chattanooga has a great club. I think it's in a good level of a pro. I think they did some uh, work. I think they got some new faces and uh, new players on the team. I think we did the same thing. I'm going to tell you this, okay? From um, even from 2020, which I think we played one or two games with them, it's always been, I mean, I don't want to call them because they're not in our city, but that's the team where we go after them. And I think that's the team which comes after us. It's, it should be a winner, you know, because both teams played well. I think especially last year, you know, because we understand, we saw it, and Chattanooga was in a favor uh, of, uh, you know, but uh, Michigan Stars, we play a little different, you know. I know uh, I hear people over, over there saying they they hard and they, they, they punch and they do, all, but honestly, it's not the truth because if you look in our red cards and the fouls and penalties are, Against us, it's not where we breaking any records. So with the Chattanooga, it was a good game. I think we played very careful. We know how Chattanooga played. I think they played super careful. I think in the first half was more position to the ball for both teams and see where we at. Uh, at least that was I talked to my boys. And the second half, we opened a game a little. And it's somewhere around by end of our first half, we did have a couple chances. Uh, we have a chance right in the beginning again at the second half. But that's where the, the football game is. Sometimes you might play better, but you're not winning. I think we was better. I think we was a better team. I think we was a stronger team. I think we broke some attacks. I think their goalies saved them good three times, you know. But that's their coach and their I'm, I'm not working for Chattanooga, so I, I cannot uh, say was they did right or wrong. It's, it's their part. But I think us, we did not do very well, very good job as a wingers. Uh, we, we lost our wingers as of last year. We don't have those same wingers. So you can see adjustment. It's just in a basic beginning of season, but um, we working in that. And I think you're going to see Michigan stars uh, by next game completely play different, you know, maybe with a more energized by, uh, by attacking to the wings. And and that's what was our, uh, you know, that, that's where we, we played the most. You just said uh, those outside of the club kind of have a view of, uh, your your playing style, you know, physically. How would you describe it uh, succinctly? If, if you if you really look, listen, and and again, I cannot bring Europe over here. But if you really look, it's we. I think we are a very simple team to play against us, because if you come by us, 
we actually, we want to win and everybody should want to win. This is a part of this game. At the end of the game, it should be a winner. But uh, we not a people was we bully you out. We not a people, even, listen, we not known for having 5,000 fans or 3,000 fans, but Listen, it, it, it's a time where we have 500, 800, uh, a little over 1,000 and 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 our uh, champions in our final game. But you don't get bullied. You don't, it's not like you're coming to Michigan Stars and now you're shaking because, you know, I went to, to the clubs where basically they try to make you miserable even before you go on the pitch. So Michigan Stars, you don't have that issue. We don't have to have a security in our, in our games. You know, but um, what I play is I basically play it's a very simple four three three. You know, it, it cannot get no simple as that. I, I see people playing three in the back, and honestly, I don't believe in that. So the way we play is we defend, and what I learned by going in the school, they told me first is a defend. So we we try to do as a defend. And if we score a goal, then we put a double defender. So the truth is, we don't want, you know, like last year, I, we, they scored us 15 goals. Now from this 15 goals, uh, three goals came from San Diego, and I was not in that game. You know, so that'd be 12. It's no way I will be there and uh, San Diego be scoring three goals in me. You know, and then three other goals that Chattanooga score me at home when I have my B team playing against them. So if you really take those six goals away, the real games, they really scored us nine goals. That's a heck of a good defense. And that's where I will work for it. You know, I I, I don't think you're going to see in a chance where clubs, they're going to have a lots of opportunities to score because our number priority, number one priority is to build a defense, then a midfielder. And then, like I said, you can sow it. I don't know if you see the game, but uh, we did not do a good job in a, in a, in a, in a wingers. We, we just, uh, we was completely flat and we was not able to get the ball when we was going one against one and we did not pass that guy. And if you don't pass the guy as a winger and being able to go on a corner kick or going through the box and put that ball, uh, that, that ball by the penalty kick, that means you don't have a right winger. So uh, we, we do have plenty of time. And believe me, I'm working on that, you know. And you know how they say the money's going to buy happiness. So if I find a guy who can do that and I can pay him, here we got an, uh, you know, but that's where we add with that. It's, it, I think we're playing well. I think it's uh, we we have a five new guys in uh, our team. You know, it's going to take some time. But um, the team's looking every day. Every game was we played, we look better and better and better. So that's a positive thing. With uh, obviously this season is in motion, your team's evolving, you're growing into it, as you described. You won the NISA championship in 2022. What, what, what are you looking, what is the next milestone that Michigan Stars are working for? When I came at NISA, I honestly think they did not get me right. You know, today to be able to stay married, you have to be having very good relationship. Nobody stays with the force. So when I came at NISA, I did not find that relationship. So my, my time was just in a year, I, was, I wanted to go away. I went, I bought another club. I, um, I got signed papers. I did all that. And um, for whatever reason, did not work out, not our part, but the, the CEO of, uh, of that uh, league, Actually, I did not even have an explanation, but I heard all kinds of stories where basic, you know, I bought a club. They don't want me to buy a club. I should go direct because the workers, they lose a commission of a new teams and all that. So I understand that, you know, he's, he, you have rights to be a dictator and, a, and a, an American soccer. You know, this will not work in Europe, but here you can be a little dictator. So uh, now, 
my idea was, and I hope it's still, uh, myself or few owners of different clubs, we can take this NISA over. We can at least take 51 plus percent. We can put some serious money to the lead, you know, and we can bring 20 teams and we have a real league. And that plan is so we can go to U.S. soccer and apply for second division. And I'm going to go with this idea. And they already know the, 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 the guys who's holding the key of Anissa, they already know that. And they came last year in December. And because all year they hold me with that. They said, we're going to do it. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. But what they offered me in, a, in, a, in a December was not enough. The, the, the ownership, which they owe, you know, it's, it's really not worth it my time. So we're going to reach them again for everybody. I have, an, I have a chance to take an, uh, an ownership of an MLS Next team, which actually went out of business. They, they called me. I was that day. I was playing with the Cincinnati FC game. And they said, hey, they 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 waiting to put a schedule. Are you willing to come in? It was another state. You're willing to come in, take it over. Next year, you can go wherever you want. But listen, I I, I just, we, we talked, me and you, a little bit on the side. I've been 40 years in a professional soccer in this country. I'm not going to burn anybody out. I'm not, I'm not a club which you're going to hear George ran out of money in the middle of July, and he's just going to, excuse me in language, screw everybody up. I'm just not going to be doing that. I'm going to finish the season, and I'm going to look what's the best for Michigan Stars. But honestly, I wish the NISA owners and NISA board, they get a, a common sense partnership or an ownership where we can take because now it's getting too long this this is listen when nisa runs out of money when nisa teams drops out this is not anymore new so we got to prove to somebody we we honestly got to prove to to the fans and to system and u.s soccer we're not a bunch of losers we honestly know what we're doing. We have brains. We, we we are very successful people we have money to to support our clubs we just, for some reason, we don't work yet together. And and, and I used to, I, I always ask, you know, when, when Nisa, and I, I honestly don't understand, and I asked him even another day in the meeting, I said, why we let go uh, uh, Detroit City, why we let go Miami, why we let go and, uh, and uh, whatever that team in uh, Oakland Roots, why we let why we let go of Cosmos? If you look what happened three years ago, and if Nisa was able to keep all those clubs together, this is be very good today. We'd be heck of a strong league. But somebody is not doing it. Now our job is you imagine I, I have over here today, maybe I have 300, 337 people, I think to be exact. If my vice president is doing a bad job, you know, I honestly have to find somebody else who's doing a good job. So I, I think Nisa's getting to that point. I'd be love to be part of Nisa. I think it's not a bad thing. I think it's a good lead. I think it's a good potential. But at the end of the day, I spend my own money. I honestly did never go anywhere and ask him. You know, to to donate. I mean, because I don't want to get not the critics. Well, George doesn't go get fans. I want fans. Listen, if I can, I wish I have sixty thousand fans in the field. I have no problem with that, but I cannot go beg people to come. You know, because it's nothing there where it should be. Michigan, not not just me, but I don't want to be. But Michigan, we don't have, I don't care if you at NISA or USL or championship, we don't have the teams which can compete with the rest of a country. 
We just don't have it. Now, if they uh, somebody's going to knock one day and says, hey, listen, come in and, and we're going to do something about it, I hope so. But I also find out the fans don't really mind in what league you're playing. It says what kind of club you have and what kind of soccer game you do have, you know? So I can tell you this. Michigan Stars is over here to stay as the Michigan Stars. I think we're going to have a good season. I hope we have a healthy and safe and a good season. And who's going to come first or second, I really don't know. But I'm going to give my 100% to defend my championship. I'm not playing no jokes with that. You know, I, I'm going to do whatever I can to be there, make it to playoffs. And once I'm in the playoffs, and win those games and erase the trophy for second year straight. So, strong words, you want to do everything you can to win back-to-back uh, -back, uh, NISA championships. The landscape, I th one of the things that I say typically in Michigan soccer and lower league soccer in this country in general is one of the only constants is uh, a changing landscape. Obviously, Nisa, the teams are different. You just touched on how, like, if all the teams that had once been here are still here. But uh, there is a, a new team within uh, uh, the, our region. And in just, uh, can you speak on just in general uh, how quickly the the landscape in uh, the, the, the the landscape of soccer here changes so rapidly? Well, so somewhere in 1983, 1984, I used to come from California to Michigan to, to see families here. And I used to play for Austrian club, like for two, three weeks in summer, you know? And honestly, those days, it was almost nobody playing soccer. Today, um, I have I have almost 4,000 kids, boys and girls in our academy. Uh, then you have another four or five clubs in Metro Detroit who has that many or more. Then you have three or four other clubs who has maybe less, but they still have 600 plus kids. So that's a major change if you're looking in a basic this 40 years term. So I think U.S. playing soccer more than ever before. I think now we all already have also some of our kids, you know, or, or American kids playing in Europe, maybe some playing in Mexico, maybe some playing in South America, you know, some in also Asia. So we definitely are growing. You know, we definitely are looking. It, it, it looks good. What I wish we do as a, as a, as a coaches all around the U.S. and uh, club owners, we give to our younger age, 16, 17 years old, that, that high-level talented kids, we give them opportunity to come to be pro because I, I feel like they do everything as they can up to 16, 17, and then they earn to go into college. But actually, I don't want anybody not to go into college. Don't get me wrong. But that's the time if you want to make it as a soccer player. And if you go four and a half, five years in the college and you come back, it's going to be a heck of a time for you to compete with those guys in Europe who've been running twice a day. So I, I think Michigan as a state is doing very well. I think, uh, listen, now we have a three, uh, three pro clubs. I mean, you got to understand three years ago, we did not have no pro clubs, yep. you know? I think potential, I wish. I talk sometimes with the guy in Grand Rapids, you know. It's an uh, it's a Bosnian nationality. You know, I talked to him actually a few times where I try to kind of warm him up and, and bring him to join NISA, you know. Um, I wish we have another guy in the Kalamazoo who's uh, looking forward. Uh, one other guy is in the... I, I spoke to him about two years ago. He's in a four-way Indiana. You know, it's an it's another German owner guy who's potential. You know, we we at least talking a little bit. You know, I mean, look, Cincinnati, it's an uh, has an MLS team. Chicago is an MLS team, and we have a, a Columbus MLS. So really, it's it's listen, it's something's going on over here. You know, so I believe it's it's getting better. We just should be able 
with all these young kids be able to have just a little bit of quality? You know, as the coaches, I listen, I, I don't want to throw anybody from a wagon, but I just wish the coaches, I think in that 1980s when U.S. was a lot in for uh, English coaches and German coaches to come and work in this country but as, a, as, a, as a pro coaches, I think was a good idea. And honestly, I think we should do that again. We should bring, we should bring an, an, an Argentinian, Brazilian, Uruguayan, European, you know, African coaches and double because it's plenty of kids who they love so much playing this game. And we just need really the, the, the brains developing the game. If you look at the statistics of how many coaches per player there are here compared to established uh, football nations, it, it's really uh, a huge difference. So to your point, yeah, bringing in uh, a wave of uh, coaches could be good or even finding a pathway to to make more homegrown coaches here with uh, an open mindset to to those other maybe uh, the having the Copa America come back could be an inspiration. Well, the way I think the clubs or 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 youth academy clubs or ownership they they can get better coaches from here is see I go to lots of clubs and especially when I was younger I I used to go and just help a club or watch or they I will be invited and says hey can you can you come over and see this is you know you know how state cups preparation and all that so. What I wish that, that, that the club owners or youth club owners, they do, they have mostly the coaches with the D license. And I think a D license and a C license, I think it's good enough to be an assistant coach, especially if you're 35, 40 years old, you feel full of energy, you can run with these kids, you understand them better. But honestly, I think each club should have somebody over there who maybe has a, just a little more knowledge as a C coach. You know, it's 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 nothing wrong. It's it's like a doctor. You know, you have a doctor of this level and you have a doctor of another level. So I that if you tell me what's your opinion to make it soccer better in this country, I think it is because I'm gonna tell you this. It means a lot to have a good teacher. And, you know, from a bad teacher, you're not going to learn a lot. So it's really important to have a good teacher. And I think the club should just at least get an, an, an a C to a B. Uh, you know, you're not going to find many in a, in a, in a, a pro of a, of a FIFA A, you know, because those people, they're looking to make a couple millions a year, you know. But I, I honestly think a C and a B, we can find it. I found out a few years back when I was uh, staying in the uh, Netherlands and a second division pro coach makes $28,000 a year. What's basic, he has to have another job. So the truth of the matter is you have 10,000 coaches right now in Europe who don't have a job. So we be able to bring some of those people over here, but we have to understand that. You know, the moms and the fathers cannot go to the coach and attacking him because his son's making an extra run or an extra workout or maybe not. Because with two days, listen, when when I was coaching back in California, I was, uh, I always tell my people, before you come to be pro, you have to have 10,000 hours as a practice training. You know, so if you actually equal your hour and a half per day, twice a week, you will never come to be a pro. It's just not a way. 10,000 hours uh, of training. So, I mean, from a very early age, you're talking about uh, complete yeah. dedication. Complete. And then where you and then you also said uh, previously that you, you've seen a trend of uh, maybe uh, 16, 17 Maybe a, a downward slope of uh, in generality, a, a downward slope of intensity. When that's when, you know, the the step up to professionalism should happen. 
I mean, I'm going to tell you this. So, so I just told you I'm now many years over here in Michigan, and I went to many of these youth clubs. You know, we we have now one. I I, I watched the games. My son went. Both of my son played through Vardars to to Jaguars to Wolves to Rush. And I'm going to tell you this: if you take any 14 or 15 years old age boys and you take them to Europe. They will give them a heck of a competition over there. The problem is when we turn 16, those European kids, they actually come more mature, more responsibility, more work. And our kids, they do less work, you know, and almost like they're almost taking it as a fun. You know, I see kids now, eh, the, the kid forgets the shingars. This guy does this, this guy. That means it's not your dedication. Because back when I was, I was eight years old when I got picked behind the net and they put me to play and then they give me five minutes and then one to ten minutes and on and on. And it, it took at least, you know, almost six, seven years to even to begin to play in the, in, in the first half, you know. So it is really dedication. You cannot, like a business, you know, I started my business in the garage. I went and purchased two machines and I put them in the garage. And then, listen, it was many times when I said, what's the heck I'm doing? I'm a NASA engineer. I was making more than a half a million dollars a year. And now I'm I'm putting, I lost all that and put in two. But you have to have that dedication and you have to believe in yourself and you gotta have a family who supports you. You're not going to get nowhere with not your family support. It's very critical when you are 17, 18 years old, because I'm going to tell you this, it's nothing's going to go your way. But that family's got to be there not to let you quit. Don't let quit. I, I don't know too much about growth soccer, but I'm talking more, you know. Don't let your 17, 18, 19 years old boy quit him because he had to work hard, because they step in his feet, because the coach did not give him a time, you know, to play. Don't, don't, you know, listen, it's always another club. You know how they say it's green grass, it's another side or something like that. It's honestly, it's true. You know, if, if I if I don't respect the player, listen, take him. Take him next year, take him to a different coach, explain it to him. You know, and it's just some good people over there. It's just actually, it's just some good coaches, you know, over there. It's the people who understand. So I think our our complete dedication, the coaches, the system, the clubs, the parents, you know, because it's not easy. You're paying lots of money. You know, you got to be there. And I wish, don't drop your kid in the soccer. Stay there. It makes a difference. It makes a difference for a coach to see you there. You know, talk to the guy. Why my son that? Why my son cannot last playing? You know, I see kids cannot last. You know, well, it's a coach job or condition coach to have this kid because the game's supposed to be preparation for 120 minutes for you to play 90 minutes. You know, so all this I think it's is a family, coaches, club, state. And our U.S. Soccer Federation should give us more because I know they have lots of money. You know, they should give us more where we hopefully we U.S. can win a World Cup. And we're going to do that by growing the, these kids over here in this country. That's interesting about, you know, jumping from club to club uh, uh with uh, the way the college has changed, I think that's probably even going to become more more common with uh, decision making is, you know, if it's not working here, go there. But stepping back to your point about having to have a supportive family, uh, one of the traits of your club is you've had uh, family members in the squad. Uh, Your son, uh, Robert, is currently on the squad and then uh, a stalwart and one of the the key players uh, to the championship season, uh, Steven, uh, he actually has uh, gone abroad and is playing abroad. And before we got on the call together, you, you watched him play. So uh, what kind of update uh, of a Michigander playing abroad can you give us on uh, Steven? Well, so listen, I don't want to go back years ago, but Steven is a 14-years-old kid. He starts spending more time in Europe, no, which he really was here in the U.S., 
and uh, and 2019, all that changed. We we wanted to do something else. He came here. I'm gonna tell you a very funny thing, very funny story. And uh, and uh, 2019, we're gonna be registering Stephen and Tatenda Makurva as under amateur level to play that NP NPSL Founders Cup. So we trying, they both was a professional. Uh, Tatenda come from national team of Zimbabwe, and uh, Steven was coming from a grasshopper, was basic, was in a, in a little over $300,000 a year player. So we sent an application to US Soccer Federation, and they sent us an email, and they said they need their letter and their signature, because usually this doesn't happen. A professional player requests an amateur status. But they did that to help us out, you know. So, uh, Stephen last year in August, I think we had like a couple of weeks off at the time. He went to try out in uh, Europe. It was a second division team. Uh, after second night, uh, he got invited uh, to a director of a club to go at the first division. We went there. He stayed 10 days in there. And they want him. And we talked with Steven, and I'm going to tell you this, not because he's my son, but Steven is a very disciplined and professional player. And we, I advised him, it's not going to be right for Michigan Stars if you left us in a half a season. It doesn't look good, you know? So we made a decision to come back and finish the season, and we finished the season, and I think he has a great season. As you probably know, because I know you guys do better than I do in some of those stuff. He got 14 assists and the three goals. And all three playoffs, we went from his assist goals. And December came. And by that time, it was two other clubs who was very interested. They actually came from Europe and watched his games. Okay. Um, his contract is, is in, a, in a club in Europe. And we went over there in January. They loaned him to a uh, club called NB Gorica, which is a basic 200 feet away from Italy because for him to request an uh, Italy's passport, he's got to be living in Italy, but he can play in uh, Slovenia. So basic, he has a father which was in uh, Yugoslavian, you know, and he has a mother where she's Italian. Okay, so we, we request this uh, this uh, opportunity. I've been told just the last week uh, his uh, papers for apostille, and it's some kind of document which they needed, it went through, you know. It should now be less than eight weeks where he, you know. Um, I don't have, because the club who owns Steven's contract has the rights to do everything first. I'm just an, uh, a father now. I have nothing uh, over Stephen. I cannot, I, I can, I yell at him sometimes, then I give him high fives and, you know, but it's, it's really not a club who owned. Michigan Stars don't own any. And they did pay us uh, 360,000 euros for that transfer. And uh, Stephen got $1.5 million for, for an assigning day, you know. And um, I believe, Stephen, by end of August, that by the time it's a transfer market closed, I think we will be able to, me as a, as a father and as a, as a teacher and lots of Michigan fans to be proud we have a kid in Europe and is competing for the top level. And hopefully, I hope I can see him one day wearing a U.S. jersey and uh and over here, I hope well, I, I can see that. That would be uh, that would be quite an achievement. It sounds like a complicated situation over there, but uh, it's not, but he is uh, playing and getting time and 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 achieving in the meantime. Right now, he's uh, yes, he's uh, like I said when he went over there, and actually, good thing happened because we, you know, a year and a half ago he got injured, and uh, one of them. Uh, I think he was playing in a, whatever, it's, it's not in a sense to mention. But anyway, he got hurt, and then he went to all the doctors and everything. This has happened in 2021. 
So when he went there, they found out his muscle was cracked. And the way they put that muscle together here in U.S., it was about 18% open. So when it's 18% open, that means it's too, the scar, it's too far away, and that can give them an, an, a chance to, to, to open again. So for January and February, he did all those operations and all that stuff. So now he's better than 5%, which that is what's supposed to be in Europe. You have to be better. Your scar is supposed to be better than 5% to be able to, you know. So uh, that happened. And then back in the in beginning of uh, March, my father uh, passed away. So we took him out for two weeks and a half. We we went to uh, Montenegro and, and uh, funerals and all that. And then you know how if you missed over there, if you missed the practice, you're not going to go in the game, you know. But uh, I think so far he played, I don't know, six or seven games, you know. Um, he played this last four games, you know, between uh, 77 minutes to 92 minutes. Another day he has a beautiful assist. Today they got him and he got in a penalty, you know. I, I, I uh, you know, I'm going to probably post the video. The guy pulled his shorts and he was too fast to, to get stopped. But he's playing. I think he's learning. Don't forget. I mean, going from third division, Nisa, going to first division in Europe. It's it's not it's not gonna be just oh you know what I'm Pele and I can I can adopt this overnight. It's gonna take time, you know, because it's it's a different. It's been exactly three years ago since he left, and now he's not anymore. And and eighteen or nineteen, nineteen. He's twenty four. Now turning twenty five. So this is the thing which he's got to listen. It takes for lots of players three to six months to adapt in a game because they're not going to change the game for him. He's got to learn how the coach plays. And Andy Gorica has a good history. And I think in 2015 and 16, they was a champions. You know, I think they even at that time, they played Copenhagen. And a, and a UEFA Cup, and they beat, you know, so it, it's a club with a history. It started 1947. And, uh, but the good part is, yes, Michigan, I don't know. I think he's the second one or third one, finally has a player in Europe. And that should give a big energy for all these young boys, which they go every night and practice. If you work hard, guess what? You can make it. Don't even listen to this. Oh, you, you know good and you know that or that. Listen, don't, don't even listen to that. If you work hard, the discipline, talent, condition, and just a little luck, guess what? You're going in Europe and you're making millions of dollars. And that's what I wish all the young kids around to this country, I have opportunity to tell them that because it's very important to know that. Thank you for the 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 report on uh, on Stephen Yunkai, a Michigander playing overseas, and a little bit of a pep talk. I'm motivated to finish the rest of my work that I've been procrastinating all day. <laughs> Something that uh, when we spoke, uh, this is one last thing. Uh, when we spoke uh, last year, I think it was actually two years ago now. Um, we were talking about MLS and then um, some other teams uh, locally and and. Other regions uh, in the country, you didn't necessarily like uh, the behavior of some of the the fan group. And I I wanted to ask if we do get a a setting or any club that gets a setting where there's tens of thousands of people, uh, won't there? there, Every fan group in the world has a a portion that that do have extreme behavior. Um, Say if uh, one of those moves for a bigger club or the stars evolve and grow fan base, th- there will be, I mean, uh, a, a portion that, that could be a less savory uh, element. How, how would you deal with that? Say if, if, if the stars did go MLS and there's tens of thousands of people there. A fans things. Okay. I, I honestly, listen, I, I, uh, I come from a country and a background where you as a as a as a football player, as a soccer player, you have to play for your city first. You know, that that's you know. So I think it's everything it's limited. 
everybody should have rights to support the club which you want to. I mean, I'm I've been I support listen, I, I support I, I was a fan of uh Rumeniga. You know how many hours I, I I trained myself to learn to kick the ball like Rumeniga. It did not quite come like that, but that was my 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 thing. So I think everything has a limit. You know, I, I have no problem for fans to support the club. I listen, it, it's like a ref. You will never. I have in 2008, I have a red card and a, and a Lamar Hunt. Okay. But honestly, if you look, you know, it was a free kick. And a ref says, we're going to play when I call it. But the guy did not wait for whistle. And they scored the goal. And at the moment, I said something. So I, I you know, but... I never have a problem with the rest because I understand the rest. You know, I understand the fans. I understand. What I don't understand when the owners, they don't make it for a way team just to be a kindness. You, you inviting me by your house. Are you inviting me by your house to beat me up or to be a gentleman? You know, so this is where and I, I know, I'm not, listen, I don't think this is going on in MLS. I honestly, I never see, I've been to many, many MLS teams. They yell and scream, it's okay, but they don't throw rocks at you. I go to some games in some east part of a country, I cannot, listen, if, I, if I'm if i a chicken shit, I cannot even watch the game because always they do. And, and this is not 80,000 people. The guy hardly, he makes to 800 People and, and you know, and he has three, four guys doing this. And, and I actually went and, and I told one of the owners, it doesn't scare me. You know, as, as a 19 years old, I was in the special forces. It's nothing scares me. But why are you killing this? You know, don't allow this because you should have a security. You should ask, hey, George, you got to leave. You, 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 that's what I'm saying. As the fans, when they overpass that, when they overpass that, that is too much, and you're not getting any professional. When you have all this stuff, listen, that's not, you know. But the reality is, MLS, you said, listen, I will do whatever I can to be a member of MLS. I, I have nothing to hide. When I went to Europe, I went to Switzerland, and I met with Mandarich. It's a it's a guy who actually back in the and and in the 90s he was a number one guy for you know and he owned some clubs in the in the Premier League and and England he he owns some different clubs in Europe and I asked him I said I really need help I I have the funds I think I can make it work I need somebody because like I said I need somebody to yeah I need guidance how i get to mls you know so for me i'm gonna tell you a perfect example i actually got an investor group for columbus ohio who asked me if i'm willing to invest an mls team who's coming to vegas but i said no i want something from michigan this is where i live right now this is where my kids this is what i'm planning to retire and this is where i you know so i really wish I'm the guy who has something, 10%, 50%, or 99%, something to do with MLS, and I'm that first guy I can bring MLS. I want to work with people. I'm looking for the people. I think we have a meeting. I'd be, uh, I'd be going in Europe very, very soon, you know? And this uh, guy, this uh, guy who's an, he's a part of MLS, he invited me this time to go by his house. So I'll be flying to uh, uh, Zurich, you know, and I'm going to go and have a meeting with him. But right now, listen, what club in the U.S. will not want to go to MLS? I mean, it's that, that'd be the goal. But if I will go to, with everybody's respect, if I will go to USL or Champions, absolutely not. I, 
I it's thanks God they did not invite me because and I see it when I was having meeting with him. It's too much dictate what's to do with your own life. You know, that's why I left the communist regime to come to US where oh my my God, I'm free. So but um this MLS next USL, it's not bad. I think everybody's got to do what you know. But if you just want to play third and second division, I honestly think NISA is most unexpensive membership where you can be. And you can recoup yourself. And hopefully, you can find a partnership. And you can have the area, like for Michigan, be very good because we don't have another MLS team. If I have an MLS team, I'd be not talking to this. Let me tell you, I'm going to go get my luggage. I'm going to Europe. I'm, I'm getting to uh, Bayern, you know. But Michigan has a big opportunity for MLS. I think it's the people there. I think the fans is there. I think we can bring quality. I think we need people. And I hope your generation and younger who loves this sports, we all get together one day and we said, listen, let's make it one team for State of Michigan. Let's State of Michigan, because State of Michigan has a basketball team. State of Michigan has a hockey team. State of Michigan has a football team. Why we don't have a soccer team? And we not that crazy or stupid not to know how to have an MLS team. We have a knowledge. It's a lots of smart hard-working people in this state who actually loves to succeed, loves sports, and loves to do good. And I'd be one of that guy. I, I'd be honestly, I will work with anybody in any way to bring this a great state where we live on to have a, to be a member of an MLS. So maybe uh, a 10-year plan have a true United, a Michigan United happen. Um, 10-year plan, well, you got to understand I'm uh, I'm probably even older now what I look, you know. So 10-year plan, I'm going to be around, but I don't know if I'm going to have the energy what I have today, you know. And if something happens, it's got to happen in this three, four years. You know, it's got to come to time where, you know, I I, I have a I have a residency in Laguna Beach, California. I, I just bought a house in Scottsdale, Arizona. So honestly, you gotta understand, you know, it's I just told you I've been 40 years now and a soccer, you know. So it's gotta come to time, you know, you gotta know Reagan says a very smart thing. He says I was, was smart enough to know when to quit the acting when he was running for president, you know? So you got to know one day, listen, can I run with you? No, I cannot, you know? So I got to have the time where I also got to quit. And I hope next generation, as you and your 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 uh, people, it's a lots of good people. Lot, listen, I see lots of kids. I mean, you probably know in Metro Detroit, I have, I coached. I mean, I, I went all the way to, to Lamar Hunt Finals. Uh, lots of good, lots of young kids was they coaching and they want to make it. That'd be the thing where we can make it. We should have, Michigan should have an MOS team. Michigan should have a new USL team. Michigan should have a NISA team. It's, 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 listen, do we have around 13 million people, I think, in the, in the Michigan? Lots of countries and, you know, Croatia, you know, you're going to be very, you know, but you know, Croatia doesn't have 13 million dollars. And goals every year to the finals or semifinals and the work on. So we can do it, but we got to get together. We got to stop this. She says, and he says, and this is this guy, and this is that guy. Listen, because you wanted to do it, because you want to succeed, you're not a bad guy. Let's give those people opportunity. Because you want to make something change. Listen, we cannot burn all our cars and go to the horses and wagons. We have to listen. The cars which you built today and five years ago, it makes such a big difference. Why we cannot put two and two together? The great thing for State of Michigan is to have, we can have everything else, but we should have an MLS team. That should be the greatest thing for State of Michigan. For sure, that would uh, that would be quite the development, and uh, uh, I hope that uh, 
how however things play out. It doesn't take 10 years. Um, but uh, I think we got uh, a whole lot of things uh, I could question and uh, bring up and, and talk about, talk about soccer forever and ever and ever. But uh, I think our, 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 our time is about up. Uh, your Michigan stars are back in action in Maryland on the 20th and then return home again uh, here to Michigan to play the Savannah Clovers on June 3rd. So uh, Mr. George Yunkai, thank you so much for joining me here on the Michigan Soccer Central Podcast. Kevin, giving me a lot to think about. I'm going to tell you this. Thank you. Uh, thank you, everybody, for all the work which you guys do to the soccer and everything else. Thank you for covering our, our team. Uh, thank you for the support. Now, you don't have to be a fan of Michigan Stars. You can be a fan of anybody. But uh, what I'd be like to ask the media is, through your broadcast, give a Michigan Stars a fair amount of a chance, like everybody else, because actually, it's a good club. It's a good people. It's a good players. And always we mean it is, this is club where we not want for money to put in my pocket. We actually spending money. And all what's I want, just give us the time, give us the support, and at least give us the truth. You know, this is what's going on. And if we do a mistake, if I make a mistake, I will apologize. Nobody's perfect. Everybody makes a mistake. But you know what? We did not do it because we wanted to do it. You know, a soccer is not my professional job. I actually do complete something different in my professional job. This is a hobby. I came to buy a Michigan Stars with roughly, I'm going to spend between $2.5 to $3 million a year, and I'm going to meet with you. And I, I did great. Listen, I went to 15 different cities. And you know what I did just so I can remember I went to those cities? And every single city, I went for two years away. I bought one new car in that city. So even I made the business just not for the hotels and restaurants, but I give each of those Porsche dealers or Ferrari dealers, at least I give them three, four, five hundred thousand dollars in their business. So this is what's good. I met lots of good people, lots of great. And listen, I met with California, the, 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 the lady who was over there, a great person. You know, uh, this this gentleman, I just met him over there in uh, Georgia, in Savannah, Georgia. Great A plus people. You know, that it's just, and that's what I want to tell you. Let's all do together. We all going to make our mistakes. We all should, we are living in this country. We should be able to forget each other, you know, and let's hope everybody has a great success. And I wish you and everybody a lots of luck and a life and then uh, whatever business we should do. Thank you for inviting me. Hey, this is Chloe Ricketts, and you're tuned in to Michigan Soccer Central. Big thanks to my guest this week, owner of the Michigan Stars, Mr. George Yunkai, and uh, especially thanks double his time as we had to redo that one due to uh, a technical uh, snafu uh, at the first attempt to uh, do that, the first interview that was. So uh, thanks for um, being generous with your time. And thank you to all the guests that have uh, been on the Michigan Soccer Central podcast, because this uh, show really is about getting all the, as many perspectives from all the different voices of the uh, the landscape of Michigan soccer because uh, it is constantly evolving, has some characters, and you get some great stories out of it too. And thank you so much, listener. Uh, you know, you're the reason we do it. We make it so more people uh, know more things about uh, Michigan soccer. And thank you, Jenny Hajnaki, editing the program once again. And thank you to the Michigan Soccer Central Core team. And uh, fingers crossed. For Detroit City FC, I really do hope uh, for everyone involved—fans, players, spectators, all the above—that uh, the at least the uh, 
they get a result, get some goals, and and uh, get the energy back. But everybody, with all the other games and all the different levels going on, everybody, please enjoy your soccer.